experience of my sophomore year, just learning to play at that level. And then in my junior year, I got better and better, and then I ended up being a uh, honorable mention All-American, and then I ended up being a first-team All-American in my senior year. And I attribute this, uh, my, my coach in high school was Dave Roberts. He was played with John Hopkins. He had this zen mind frame that he placed in me about uh, working hard. After my junior year in college, I decided that I wanted to be the best, and so I decided to work harder than anyone else in achieving that goal. And that's when I started doing uh, work beyond um, you know, the normal practice work afterwards and uh, in the off-season working like I'd never worked before. And because I, I put a vision into place, if I was going to be on the field playing lacrosse, that I wanted to be the best. Welcome to the Fred Opie Show, where we learn how to make a difference on and off the field. I'm your host, Fred Opie, a former Syracuse University and U.S. National Team athlete, now historian. I use the oral histories of my guests to help you figure out what your gifts are, find the right school to develop them, and give you a plan to give, save, and spend your money and time wisely. I grew up in the Hudson Valley, about... 30 minutes south of United States Military Academy at West Point. I was a West Point lacrosse junkie when I started playing lacrosse in eighth grade. And just about everything I knew about college lacrosse came from watching those games. As a senior in high school, I had the opportunity to see Sid Abernathy play. He was an attackman for the U.S. Naval Academy, and it was the Army-Navy game at West Point. Many people may not know, but Sid is the second African-American to make first-team All-American after Jim Brown. My parents were living in Westminster, Maryland at the time, uh, 1958. Then we moved to Annapolis, Maryland in 1960. We started playing lacrosse 10 years later in 1970. East school had junior um, high. We had track and, and lacrosse in the, in the spring, and that was it. So I didn't want to track guy, so I decided to go down the lacrosse path, and the interesting thing was that it didn't have a junior varsity, they had one team, and so uh, I was playing against kids that were faster and older than I was in uh, junior high, and that, uh, I think that helped me a lot, but uh, anyway, from uh, from school that I went to, Annapolis High, and uh, the older Annapolis High School, and I uh, played soccer and lacrosse there. And so that was the combination, soccer in the fall, uh, took a break in the winter, and then cross in the spring. So I interviewed uh, Jeff Long, Longman, just the other yeah. day, and he told me something that I didn't know about, that your brother played on the Naval Academy before you, yeah. Tommy. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's class of 78. So he told me that him and Tommy used to have some battles yeah. <laughs> on, yeah. the, on so, the field. the same. 
Where did you go on official visits when you were a high school student? I went up to West Point pretty much it. And I went up to West Point because my brother was going up there. He wanted to go to school there and it didn't work out for him. Uh, and then uh, got accepted at the Naval Academy. But I went when, and when he was at, when he was in the eleventh grade, I was in the ninth grade, I went up to West Point just because they let me go upon the visit with him. And that's when I decided it was too gray up there. <laughs> So when you ended up going to the Naval Academy, um, what was the transition like for you in terms of academics and lacrosse? I started out as an aerospace engineer when I uh, got there and quickly realized that uh, that I wasn't going to be able to do that and play lacrosse at the same time because uh, it was just too, uh, too intense. So everyone ends up with a Bachelor of Science from uh, the, the Naval Academy just because of the amount of engineering you take regardless of comes down to time management that right. when you have that extra time on your hands, you think right. you have more time to do stuff versus when you're in season, you're like, I better get right. this done now while I can if I want to get some sleep. Let's start with Mike first. What did you pick up from his game that you incorporated into your game? Was able to play at a level above everyone else with a wooden stick. 
started playing with the Flashes, that he was even better. You better remember now, I grew up in Annapolis watching Navy, you know, going to all the Navy games, uh, watching Maryland beat Navy consistently, you know, from 1970 through almost into 1980. And so what was very interesting was that, uh, was that I, I learned, you know, a, a sense of vision and, and how to play for Mike Buzzle, how his, how his sense of vision brought just, you know, his greatness to the game. He was able to dodge, uh, you know, two or three people at once and still have, you know, the vision to either, um, you know, score or, uh, or assist. Mm-hmm. But what I think was most interesting about uh, that whole experience with Mike Buzzle was that uh, when I arrived uh, in my junior year and we were playing Maryland now again, you know, my emphasis in history is watching Maryland beat for, you know, as long as I remember. But we went to Maryland in my junior year when Mike Buzzle was a senior, and we beat Maryland in a, in a great game, and we also beat them in my senior year, but we beat them in my junior year, and what we did was we put Mike Buzzle on the crease. And uh, there's another attacker named Dickie Wayman and myself. That, that's, that's when we really solidified as teammates, as Dickie Wayman and myself, when uh, with Slaza and decided to put Mike Buzzle on the crease, and he let Dickie Wayman and myself go wild behind the cage and just keep, you know, keep running and pressuring. Um, and, and that totally surprised Maryland because they were they were ready for Mike Buzzle's game. And uh, Mike is a very talented player. I mean, I just I just used to, I used to sit and, and uh, on the other side of the you know of the, of the cage and watch him and say and just watch him make certain moves and, and just say he's not going to get out of that one. He's not going to get out of that one, and he would. He was an incredibly talented player. I think that um, it was just interesting, and I remember Mike wasn't too happy that he got put on the crease for that game. He beat him, and that's because we started moving the ball at incredible pace and a lot faster than, than the Maryland guys ever expected, and uh, you know, and we won the game. But what you learned from Brendan Snap? He had what I called the step that was that uh, people thought he was slower than he really was. He just had the uh, the feel sense, the toughness. Mike was more of a finesse player. Mike Buzzle was more of a finesse player, moving, dodging, getting out of the way. Brendan would take the hit to hit and, uh, and, and shoot the ball uh, on the run and score. It's the right move by Hopkins when he arrived there uh, in, his, uh, in his sophomore year, I mean, excuse me, his junior year, for them to put, put him at midfield. Mm-hmm. He could attack the whole time of the name. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the Navy coaches even thought about putting him in midfield, but he, he was a prolific player at Hawkins. Please email me at fdopie at gmail.com and share your questions. I will repeat them on the show so people get the benefit of your question and my response. Invite me to speak and host the Fred Opie Show at your school, club team, or camp by emailing me at fdopie at gmail.com. Hosting the show is a great way for the oldest students who are interviewed to pass on positive peer pressure to younger students. And during the Q&A with the audience, I share a perspective I wish I had when I was younger. Now back to the show. What attributes make someone the best? The experience of my sophomore year, just learning to play at that level. And then in my junior year, I got better and better with Mike Bones and I working a lot better together. And then I ended up being a uh, honorable Mitchell All-American in my uh, junior year. And then, um, and then I ended up being a first-team All-American in my senior year. And I attribute this 
John Stockton. He's an All-American. Yeah, I learned more from him while I was playing the game. He had this Zen mind frame that he, that he placed in me about uh, no working hard. For some unknown reason, uh, after my junior year in college, I decided that I wanted to be the best. And so I decided to work harder than anyone else in achieving that goal. And that's when I started doing uh, work beyond, um, you know, the normal practice work afterwards and uh, in the off-season working like I've never worked before. And and because I I, I, I put a vision into place that, that, that if I was going to be on the field playing lacrosse, that I wanted to be the best. Doing extra spread work, time on the wall, recognizing, okay, what are the elements of this game that, that help you be the best you can be? One is being in the best shape possible and, you know, and, and you know, having, uh, you know, rock solid, uh, you know, six pack and just, you know, just like doing, you know, everything you do in, 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 to increase your strength and, and your speed. Well, I already had some of the speed already, so it was uh, increasing my strength, my upper body strength. Two, it was uh, working also with my teammates because we, we, we began to understand that, um, that we would, we would take what the defense gave us. We wouldn't start running specific plays regardless of what the defense was doing. We, we and it's an offensive mindset. It's the counter to the counter. Start with your gift. Understand and monetize it while serving others with it. This is my latest book. Here's what people are saying about it. I like the comparison of your life's journey to that of overhauling and realigning your car. This is a great read. Maura Rodino, parent of a high school student athlete. Your book is a modern day primer on how to be successful and live more abundantly. Joe Edel Sr., father of former Division I student athletes. Read a sample chapter of Start With Your Gift on my website, fredopi.com. Welcome back to this edition of The Fred Opie Show, unpacking history to positively impact the future. There's a whole mental game going on between a goalie and an attacker. And, and a lot of times goalies, because of, of some unknown tell, will, will guess correctly. And Federico had that down to, uh, to, to the science. Tell me about... Um the second team All-American that year uh, was uh, Jose Oliverio from Army. Why was he so good? I think his thing was the ang- angles. We, he cut off angles. He would come out pretty far and, and almost almost attack you. Bob Henry, who first team All-American, defenseman of the year. Why was Bob so good? Once he checks you, that was. I mean, you knew that he was there. Waited for him to check me really hard, and then I would just spin off that. His um, strength was his. His decision to check you, but that was also his weakness because once he checked, he was committed. And if you if you survived that check, he gave everything to that check, and then he couldn't he couldn't get his body back in position. Tommy Sears. You know, I was known as a pretty strong right-handed player, and and no one really even saw much of my left hand. And in my junior year, uh, in the playoff game against North Carolina, uh, we lost at four goals in uh, extra man on the left side with my left hand. Tommy came up to me and said, kind of like in one of the timeouts or something, he said, you're not supposed to be able to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry Smith was my uh, offensive coach, gave the same remark. He said, where's that been all year? (laughs) He was a great enough goalie to allow you to score enough, but not (laughs) 
not enough to wear. Hey, listeners, we want to make you aware of the Jim Brown 56 Lacrosse Challenge. Donate $56 or more to the Uganda Lacrosse Foundation at ugandalacrosse.org. 56 was Brown's Syracuse Lacrosse jersey number. Purchase a copy of my lacrosse memoir slash career advice book, Start With Your Gift. Post a picture of you holding your copy of the book on Instagram and tag me, and I will donate 10% of the proceeds of your purchase to the Uganda Lacrosse Foundation. It will advance the initiative of getting lacrosse into the Olympics. For that to happen, lacrosse has to exist on all the continents on the globe, and Africa is the last frontier. Your tax-free donation will go a long ways in helping spread lacrosse from not just being the fastest game in the United States, but the fastest-growing game across the world. If you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would you have dinner with and why would you choose that individual? Colin Kaepernick. The reason why I want to sit down and talk to him about you know, his decision to start the, uh, the kneeling to bring um, attention to plight uh, in the underserved community, especially the African-American battles that have been going on between African-Americans and, and police as part of, you know, the societal challenge. I would sit down and talk to him, say to him, my 26 years of military service, as I see it, was designed to actually create the environment where if he wants to to silently protest something that he feels wrong is wrong in society, he has the right to do so, and that's why we have a military, and that's why we're out there, you know, protecting this um, this country because uh, so that people can exercise their rights and their God-given rights in this country. Number two, Colin Powell, because I was in Desert Shield and Desert Storm when uh, Colin Powell was the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And he and the generals uh, during that time frame were determined to right the wrongs from Vietnam, bring back a real victory, a decisive victory for this country, because they were junior officers in, in Vietnam. No real say as to the strategy and policy. They had to just, they were out in the field. They were trying to stay alive. And I'd love to sit down with him and have a discussion from a historical standpoint of what his perspective was and is, was at the time and is now in relation to, to the bringing the, the victory on the battlefield in a quick fashion against uh, Saddam Hussein and the, you know, the Iraqi military. And your third dinner, dinner guest, who would you have? Uh, Jim Brown. I'd like to sit down and talk to him about his experience at Syracuse. I'd just like to have a discussion so that he's aware that, uh, that I followed him as a first-team All-American. Think about how many brothers have been first-team All-Americans Kyle Harrison and others, but it's a pretty elite group. So I'd like love to sit down and talk the game over with him. Having him my perspective and his his perspective, love to hear some of his stories. When is the last time that you cried and why? I was at my father's funeral. He died ten years ago. The thing about life is that when you see one of your parents laid out in front of you in a church, you come to a sense of your own mortality. You realize, oh, I'm not going to be here forever. Made me come to tears, and uh, otherwise I generally am not. Most military guys, you kind of find out that you know we're kind of hardened by by being in the fire somewhere and doing things that other people normally don't do. So not much else in my life has motivated me to tears for that did. So here's my final question: Sum up the totality of everything you've learned about having a positive impact on the world around you, and I'd like you to make a video right now for us in your mind 
of three things that you would share in that video and it'll be played at your memorial service in your absence. So you'll be laid out and you're going to, in that video, people are going to be watching and reflecting on the life of Siv Abernathy. What are three ways that people need to live if they're going to have an impact on the world around them that you would share in that video played at your memorial service? Uh, share that part of the game that, that I'm aware of that will maybe help them, inspire them to be you know, better players down the road. The other would be you know, service to country and, and how much you gain from, uh, from being in the culture of service and thinking about others before yourself. If the, the movie could be made, them saying, hey, I, hey, I saw Sid Abernathy play, and that's why I picked up a stick. If I hadn't seen him play, it wouldn't have been possible for me. I wouldn't even have picked up a stick. You know, how many people were inspired to pick up a stick by, by what I did on the field and, and how well I tried to represent the sport. Thank you for your service to the country. Number two, I was one of those young kids watching you play. Again, this is a time in a game where you didn't see a lot of black and brown folks playing our game. So here it is. You're on attack and defending, and the goal is a Hispanic brother, Jose Oliverio. I don't think people necessarily understand what it's like to grow up in a sport where you don't see you. Amputees taking up the game of lacrosse, wheelchair lacrosse. You have people who are being role models, and it's so important. And for me, you definitely were that. It, it, it was almost like when I saw you play, I said to myself, I can do that. And that is so important. I'd say similarly, I'm named after Frederick Douglass. I'll never forget when my mother gave me the autobiography of Frederick Douglass. And this is a time when I'm struggling academically because of a learning disability. And I see this, this man who it was illegal for him to learn how to read and write. And he did it anyhow in the midst of servitude. And it, and it said to me, I have no more reasons, learning disability or not, that I cannot strive and have success academically. So thank you for your example. Thank you for taking the time uh, to share your lacrosse journey. Thank you, Sid, for joining us. Hey, certainly, certainly. Thank, thank you. I appreciate it. If you are joining us for the first time, you can go on my Facebook page and you can listen to the many interviews that we've done. As I started doing the Facebook Live as a way of recording my guests, sharing the long form with the audience. Because if you listen to the podcast, you're only getting the smaller part. Uh, the podcast, if you want to go to our archive, it's at fredopi.com and look for the link to the podcast. There's also a link, the book Start With Your Gift, which is my lacrosse memoir. That's a wrap for this show. Thanks for listening. To hear more content like it, go to fredopi.com. If you have questions about advertising and sponsoring this show, contact us at fdopie at gmail.com. That's fdopie at gmail.com. Write me to speak, teach, and consult at fdopie at gmail.com. That's F-D-O-P-I-E at gmail.com.